Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I am joined today by Coach Christine Hinton. Hello, Christine. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I am good. I am good. So I'm just going to dive right in because before we got on on the air, you were telling me that you have a date tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> I do. I do. I um, well, have let people, entered let, the world of online dating. Because you got divorced. We should let people. I, yes. I'm, yes. I, I was officially divorced in January, but you know, without my husband for about two and a half years now. So, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me, but, um, yeah, so I decided that, uh, you know, going the bar scene and trying to do all that kind of stuff is, is not the route to find anybody. So everybody's talking about online dating and all the different apps. So I thought, what the heck? So I dove in and, um, okay. So wait, wait, what platform did you use? We're not talking Tinder. Are we here, Christine? (laughs) Are you swiping right, swiping left? Which is it? Huh? It it was Tinder. It it was. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I was even Alex, our podcast was like zoinks. <laughs> this well, story is not- getting better by the moment, Christine. Now, okay, listen, Tinder has come a long way. Mm-hmm. Come a long way. Uh huh. Well, it's, it's not just for hookups anymore. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the because because I only I use it for hookups, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you, you you have to specify on your profile that you're not there for just hookups. <laughs> and we're not talking about towing a trailer behind a car when we say the word hookup, right? <laughs> this is, I mean, I'm telling you, this is a world that, I, you know, I haven't been in the dating world for 25 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this whole world that's opened up to me is just, it's been mind boggling and shocking <laughs> and... <laughs> It's a brave new world. <laughs> this isn't but quite, I, quite what I, George I, Orwell had in mind no, when he said brave no, new world. No, no, So, but yeah, so I, I met a guy and mm-hmm. this is going to be our third date and mm-hmm. he's very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Not, not what you would, you know, think of as Tinder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so we're having a, we're going to go out to Annapolis tonight and oh. have dinner. And yeah, so we'll have a lot of fun. Nice, nice. So, and what was the first date? Was it the classic like coffee date, that type of thing? Yes, we went um, out for uh, appetizers and a couple of drinks. Uh-huh. So, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, what was second date? Um, second date was going. Um, we kind of spent the afternoon together mm-hmm. and um, walked around like the shopping oh. area that's near me. That's really nice. It was nice out, so we kind of. Oh, I can hear the theme music playing. You know, some light poppy, <laughs> maybe maybe Sarah Bareilles. You know, Brandy. <laughs> or something like that it was cheesy but yeah, montage know. it's a montage <laughs> feeding each other scoops of ice cream you know? yes we had pizza you know just and now it's reveling off into 101 dalmatians so like you're you yes. know the same strand of spaghetti so and you know what's funny is that you know because I, I told him obviously he knows i run mm-hmm. and i've got the ultra coming up mm-hmm. in may mm-hmm. and he's like oh i want to come and support you i'm like it's not pretty <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know if I want someone I just started dating to, you know, like you, you don't want someone that you just started dating to see you at Boston running and, you know, crying at the end (laughs) and, you know, all that craziness. Right, chafing and, and what, you know, dried, dried sweat everywhere (laughs) and the hair doing like the sideshow bob, at least for me. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, so that's exciting. And does he live near you? 
Uh, yeah, about 45 minutes away. So oh. far enough, but close enough. <laughs> oh, but that 45 minutes, I mean, sort of makes for, you know, a sleepover, perhaps making sense one time. <laughs> okay, let's change the subject now. <laughs> That's why I have to say that, speaking of sleepover, so, um, uh, so Alex, the podcast producer, was here already for one podcast, and then tomorrow morning we're recording another podcast, and he, by Portland standards, lives far away. It's like a... It's on traffic sometimes it can take him like half an hour to get here he and oh and we record in the guest bedroom he's like oh i should just stay over there you go <laughs> i'm sure the kids wouldn't bother him at all <laughs> it's mainly he just wants to sleep with my cat miller that's the whole Aww, thing <laughs> he's a cat lover he is and he loves miller in particular and miller oftentimes comes to the window it's a we have a um, to have this be a bedroom, you have to have a certain type of window in Portland. You have to be able to have um, egress, as it's called. Um, so sometimes Miller comes up to the window during the podcast recording and is like, hey, let me in, let me in. So last time, Aww. last time Alex was like, the next time Miller does that, I need to take video and we'll post it. Oh, <laughs> that's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so he can fight over with, with my kids because that's always the last battle of the day. I get to sleep with Miller. No, I get to sleep with Miller. You had Aww. him last night. Oh, and they had a huge battle like that two nights ago, I guess it was. And we decided, okay, no one will get Miller. Well, that would be because the cat was still outside. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh no! And it, and it poured rain that Aww, night. Oh, poor thing! So, so the next morning, I'm down there, like you know, getting ready, tying my shoes to to run to bar class. By then, it stopped raining. And I hear meow, meow. I'm like, <laughs> no. Alex would never let that happen. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> He'll make sure to tell Miller that when he sees him on the way out today. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. anyway, so Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes. Right around the corner for you. It is? Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I should start preparing for it. Um, <laughs> yes, last last night I tried on different outfits. Oh, um, be, okay. Yes, because um, I got to wear, you know, just the right pair of Saucony Bullet Capris and yep. then which one of uh, AMR tops. And so um, Molly has really been pushing hard for our new short sleeve badass mother runner, which has like a tattoo that says mother on the. the I middle. love that. Oh, yes. thanks. It is really, really cool. cool. And it's lately my favorite running shirt. I ran this weekend in and I did a, at least one run last week in it. So I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. The new shirt. And she's like, oh, and it has a heart and, it, you know, some yellow in it. It'll make people think of Boston. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So then I try it on and I'm like looks good but like and then I try on the black bammer tank top mm-hmm. and I mean come on a black top so slimming yeah um, yeah and it's more fitted and so I actually you know showed it to the family which is typically I'm I'm a little past the you know fashion show fashion, for the family I was say, fashion show there <laughs> which I used to love to do as a kid and I've, I've moved beyond that and um so they all thought that the um charcoal gray badass short sleeve looked really good but then they agreed with me that the black bammer tank top looked better so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like tank tops too for running I just feel more free I do and you know um they're showing the temperatures being kind of mid fifties, partly cloudy, which is you know let the let the heavens sing hosanna because I mean that's perfect yeah. marathon weather, and I, even when I've done races like when I did Twin Cities marathon in twenty twelve, it was like twenty seven degrees at the start, and mm-hmm. even by halfway, I was envious of people women who were like in tank tops and shorts. Yeah, and um, yeah. so but I do because of the dreaded chub rub, I wear capris no matter 
what the temperature is on marathon race day. Mm-hmm. So, um, are they what color are you gonna wear? What color capris are you wearing? They are um, really cool black and charcoal gray pattern that definitely will not show, um, you know, sweaty crotch. Or if you pee. Or I pee on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be accidental. It would, I have practiced, you know, I have once again practiced my peeing on the go. Good. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when you pee, because I because mm-hmm. I pee, but not on purpose. Mm-hmm. So when it like, does it go down to your shoe? It can. It certainly yeah. can. And um, but that sometimes then makes for oh, you know what? I just I tried a new thing while I was on my twenty miler, and I specifically it was a test run for this type of peeing. I was on a trail, and so I <laughs> this is just awful. I'm admitting this. I put my <laughs> bum up against a tree. Yeah. And kind of did a backward pelvic tilt. Um, ah. if you get what I'm getting at yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so that it, it, um, went on the tree more than down my leg and into my shoe. So, <laughs> <laughs> clever, huh? <laughs> or disgusting, depending oh on your point God. of view. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking I could put like, you know, like when you know you're going to go put like some toilet paper, like right around your shoe. Or something. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Let it, no. Let, let it collect and then throw it away. <laughs> oh, see, that would be clever. You know, if you're like an athlete's village hanging out and you didn't want to um, wait in the long porta pie lines, but I'll probably get kicked out if I try to do that. So I won't do that. But, <laughs> but the, no, it's always, I only do that on the fly. So it wouldn't be, you know, I would not stop you know at mile 16.76 and you know oh wait hold on i'm gonna put some toilet paper down there in my shoe (laughs) (laughs) Um, just find you next to a tree right right what's what's sarah doing over there why should her bum up against that sugar maple (laughs) (laughs) the tree's not looking so good right right. (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh so and yeah and i so the as we record this it is um wednesday Wednesday, April 6th, but I am um, on, I'm heading to the East Coast on a red eye on the night of um, April 11th on Monday night, and I'm flying to see, uh, spend some time with my parents in Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah, how are they? And, oh, thank you for asking. They, um, my goodness, at one point, so um, I have talked before about, um, you know, looking into, um um, senior homes and that type of thing, senior facilities. And, you know, they put the big, no big X on that idea. So they have been staying in their death trap of a 1800s house. And, um, so then they both ended up in the hospital for separate things. My dad had, um, he's having this really bad autoimmune thing where he gets, um, terrible swelling in his hands and his arms and a horrible rash all over his body. Oh, wow. And then my mother was, um, I won't go into it. She was having a problem that it, it ended up being fine, but um, probably it's TMI and it's my mother, so I won't go into it. So, um, so, but they were both in the same hospital, but they they were on different floors and they couldn't even go to see each other at the Aww. hospital. And my poor dad, I've said before, my dad's world truly, truly revolves around my mother. I mean, she is the sun to his earth. And, um, and so that was really tough on him. And so, but then they were both getting transferred to um, a rehab place and they were both, thankfully both got in. And so I have yet to hear talk. I, I'm terrible. I have yet to talk to them since they've gotten there. Um, but, you know, that was like, 
more than a week ago and i was like oh okay well if you're not home by the time i get there my mother's like oh no no we'll both be home i'm thinking mm, i'm thinking dad probably won't be home um because sort of their insurance is such that once they get into that rehab place their insurance will pay for it mm-hmm. they um my father was a lifelong ibm or and so he has really wonderful um insurance and you know then the uh, medicare or medicaid whichever ones for older people and um so um, so I assume my mother will be home, but if, you know, if not, I'll make do, but I've already told her I'm, you know, cooking all the dinners and she's very excited for that. She really, Aww. you know, she's likes the recipes I make. I make this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, um, so I'll be there from Tuesday mid morning after a red eye and then take the train up to Boston on Friday afternoon and then stay there until I where, find- so how far from Boston are they? Um, the Stanford, Connecticut is, um, if you can visualize what Connecticut looks like, Stanford mm-hmm. is down in that little tail that is okay. um, tucked in below New York. So they're at the very opposite end where Massachusetts and Boston okay. are. Okay. So um, it's a, on the train. There's a train station in Stanford, and um, it's about a, a little over a three-hour train. I did not pay for okay. the Acela. So, um, but, you know, I, I like train travel. Um, you can work. You can get up, stretch your legs. Yep. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's uh, not bad. Oh, it's not. It's not. So, um, you know, being able to plug in. I always also like checking people out on trains. There's, I, don't know, there's not, I think I watched Strangers on a Train one too many times, that Alfred Hitchcock movie, as a yes. child. Um, and Alex is even nodding. He's like, yeah, great, great. Um, so, um, yeah, who knows? I, I hearken back to that when I buy And there might be some other uh, marathoners, you know? I know. It's, it's funny. I am a little um, uh, verklempt that I will not be on the flight you know, like the Alaska flights, there's not, there's, a, I think Alaska only does the nonstops from Portland to Boston. And mm. I mean, and they only, they're only once a day. I mean, I bet the one on Friday, the 15th is just going to be packed with yeah. Boston qualifiers. And I'm like, oh, okay, I have to remember to wear my jacket from the 2012 race, which you know, I never wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff on Twitter and Instagram, but the colors yes. of the gel. Oh, Why? 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 <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, I know that kind of minty sherberty colors are, you know, the Pantone colors of the year, but really like it looks like af- two after dinner mints that had a baby. Yeah. Did you see I, I wrote a comment down on Oh, the- you did. Oh, on the one where I compared it to Scully. <laughs> The, yeah, from Monsters like, Inc. Yes. I was like, you just need to get a pair of mint track pants. And, you know, <laughs> that was you so look funny. Like, look like you're back in the 80s. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I did I, see that. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. And it is. Yeah they, should, yeah. they should stick with the primary color because they're great colors. I mean, they're, you know, they're, and, they're, and they're timeless. Exactly. You know? and, and they proclaim to the world Boston. Yes. You know, yeah. and yeah. that I think, um, and now I'm going to take a little dig at the Boston Marathon. I think they are thinking about, well, most of the people who run Boston come back to it every year because they re-qualify, you know, on race day. Not. Um, yeah. And so they think, oh, well, we want to give them an opportunity to have a whole, you know, closet full of, you know, oh, this is my 2012, my 2013, 2014. It's like, no, this is probably, you know, like for most people or a lot of people, they're only Boston and they want... want it done, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I think they ought to offer the the standard one every year and then be like, this is the limited edition oh, that's col- a good idea. colors from, you know, Hades. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, you're just going to have to shell out some money and get something decent at the expo. <laughs> something. Also, because those, those jackets are not inexpensive. They are more than a hundred bucks. Yeah. And um on and mine it's Halloween colors. And so I always will wear it to soccer if I remember. I'll wear it to soccer games kind of in the second half of October so I look festive and and seasonal. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I guess I could continue wearing it through Thanksgiving and act like I'm, you know, like pumpkin pie. Um, and then, um, yeah, no. So I, but last night I was like, must remember to pack my jacket because that's, you know, when you go to an expo, like, you know, I remember when I was at Chicago and I saw a couple of people wearing their Boston jacket, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, humble, hashtag humble brag. Or, oh, yes. Or, or maybe just not even hum- nothing humble about it. Right. <laughs> you walk in, big spotlight. Boom, boom. She's been here before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They come to me. Oh, did you borrow that from someone? No, it's mine. <laughs> I did not get it on eBay. No, I did not. Yeah. I still wear mine. I mean, I did it in 2009. And um, and I love mine. Mine was the, the typical navy mm. blue. Mm. Um. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I still wear it. So yeah, all right, fine. Rub it in. Rub it in. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like my jacket. <laughs> um, so well, um, at the risk of sounding like Ed Sullivan, we have a really big show today. Was that a good mm-hmm. imitation to people? Am I? I I don't remember Ed Sullivan. <laughs> as real life but um so our guests are three mother runners who are poised to run the boston marathon as part of the highlands find your finish line initiative we handpicked these women for the project because they had run a marathon fast enough to qualify for the boston marathon yet their time wasn't quite enough to get them into the race so let me explain due to the high number of qualified applicants to get a bib for the 2016 boston marathon you had to qualify by more than two minutes and 28 seconds so, oh my gosh, I mean, I think Crazy. Megan, yeah, uh, Megan, the first gal we're talking to, she, um, her time was, she qualified by two minutes and 18 seconds. So she missed out by 10 seconds. Um, so, um, so we'll talk to these three speedy women, as well as hear the stories of other mother runners uh, via voice memos. Um, and we will be joined by that runner, Megan, that I just mentioned. We'll be joined by her after this short break to hear from a sponsor. Stay with us. So now I'm joined in studio, which is my favorite thing to have a guest here with me, by Megan Hubler, a mom of one who lives in Portland, Oregon, here in Portland, and who works at a physical therapy clinic. Welcome to the studio, Megan. Thank you. This is exciting. <laughs> I wish I was there with you guys. I know. I get to be in studio. <laughs> I know. I'm like way across the other side of the country. <laughs> I feel like I'm there with you in spirit, though. Oh, good. You are. You are for sure. <laughs> Um, so Megan, uh, so you started running not until after the birth of your son. Is that right? Um, yeah, not any, any distance, not Uh, any distance. Okay. Not much distance until after the birth of my son. Okay. So tell me, tell us a little bit about your running journey. Oh, let's see. Well, I realized the longer I ran, the more time I got to myself and the better I felt after I had my son and I was dealing with some postpartum issues, uh, Mm -hmm. with him. And so it just, the mileage just kept getting longer and longer. And then I started signing up for more races and mostly half marathons. Mm -hmm. And then after doing half marathons for a while, I thought I should step it up and, and try a marathon. But actually it was because of Sarah and Dimney's book, um, that a friend of mine recommended to me. She said, you should read this book. It's great. It was, uh, I was at a soccer game and she was a mom of, uh, three and she was also a runner and she said you should read this book and it completely inspired me I was like okay I'm signing up for Portland Marathon I'm actually going to do this oh, so, so awesome yeah that is awesome yeah yeah it yeah. was really cool and I was so yeah I did it and it was really good and I ran it in a time faster than I thought I would so I thought hey let's step this up even more and um that got me looking into Boston into the future even though it seemed like it was impossible mm-hmm. but 
And that was 2012 that you ran Portland? That was 2012, yeah. And so mm-hmm. then I signed up for Napa Valley that spring. Mm-hmm. So I took a month off and then started training again for Napa. And I took um, just about 15 minutes off my time between Portland and Napa. So I'm like, this wow. is possible. Now I'm like 10 minutes from yeah. Boston. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, how, so how many marathons have you completed? I've completed four. So then when I was at Napa Valley, I saw... Um, a sign for Big Sur (laughs) and it was so beautiful and I had cousins in Carmel so I was familiar with the area I'm like that would be a great marathon and so I got online and looked at it and it was really hilly really hilly yes really hilly (laughs) really let's emphasize that again really hilly (laughs) so I'm going hmm should I try to step it up and speed up for Boston or do something really beautiful that I would that is a challenge in itself with the hills and Mm -hmm. um I went to register, I think the next year and it was sold out and yeah. I didn't realize like, oh, marathons sell out. <laughs> you have to be on this. So then the next registration period, I remember I was out on the golf course and I'm trying to get reception. I'm holding my cell phone up like, cause I was like, I need to, the second it opens, I have to try to get into this. My husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like standing <laughs> on this tee box, like I gotta get reception. And, oh, um, and so- I got into Big Sur. And then I started running with moms in the neighborhood and that went to my son's school um, because they were training for Eugene, which was two weeks after Big Sur. And they're the ones who talked me into, hey, why not try to Boston qualify at Eugene with us? We're all going to try to qualify for Boston. You should do it. Like, that is crazy. Two weeks after Big Sur. So I didn't want to give up Big Sur, but I really, really wanted to try for Boston as well. And um so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to run Big Sur like it's a training run. So at like a, a pretty slow pace and just enjoy it and then try to go for it at Eugene. And crazy enough, I did. Wow. <laughs> it's a very different course. I mean, Eugene is almost completely flat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect race to try it to is. qualify for Boston. It cool. is. I mean, and, and the yeah. spirit of, I mean, it's Tracktown USA. Mm-hmm. It's just really, it's a running community that... Is, you, you can almost feel the history there. Absolutely. And yeah. so that in itself was really cool. I mean, what is the tagline? Running with champion or um, legends or something like oh, that. Yeah, it yeah. is for the... We uh, Have you seen our new... So we came out with a... Because I'm going to be at Eugene Marathon. So I have... Um, we have a tech tee that says Run Eugene Many Green Miles. And then the hat is really cool. We have a trucker hat that on the back says... Um, uh, following in Pre's footsteps. Because Steve oh, Prefontaine. Oh, yeah. You know, of right. Course. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So yeah. wow, and your legs were not toast after. You know, no, I was for those two weeks. I was doing like acupuncture and Ooh. massage, and <laughs> I had ice. it all lined up like ice baths and you know Epsom salt baths, and yeah. it was like I was in this zone. I'm like, don't talk to me, don't touch me. Like just <laughs> I wrap myself in a bubble because I can't be hurt. I have to. I really want to do this and. Wow. Wow. And so you qualified for Boston on Mother's Day. I right? And that was the other thing. It was Mother's Day. It was like, okay, everything. It was a beautiful weather. Uh-huh. And I just, I had, so two of the girls I had trained with ended up dropping out due to injury prior. So only one of them ended up running with oh, me. Uh-huh. And then she got injured during the race. And actually I did too, but that doesn't, that didn't stop me. I was like, no, I can do this. I'm like dragging my leg. I'm like, I can do this. I'm watching my watch. I'm like 
just, you know. My coach's brain is like going like crazy right now. <laughs> so like, Christine's literally holding her tongue. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, when they say, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm so close. I am so close. I don't care if I can't run for like a month after this. And actually I couldn't for six weeks. I couldn't run after that. I had such a bad A doctor strain in my leg. But I was like, it doesn't matter. I qualified. I qualified in my mind, I was like, I qualified with enough time to where I should still get in. Mm. And then, da, 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 you know. Because you qualified with 218, right? Two um, I was uh, 337, 42, uh, uh. and 337, 32 ended up being the cutoff for Boston. So there was that 10 seconds. Oh, my God. Wow. And it was like, oh, my God, this is not happening. <laughs> I would be tears. I would be crying. I was. I was sobbing. And when Sarah called me and told me I got a bib, I was sobbing, too. I oh. mean, it's so emotional. It's. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we're moms, yeah. we're busy. We're yeah. like, I can't do this again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though I, I was <laughs> when you, when you called me, I was like, well, yeah, I'm training again. <laughs> I know. And you were so, you were so not excited for that race. And yes. You were, uh, yeah. But it was key that we didn't, we didn't give you a whole lot of time. Right. To, so we, we definitely had to choose people who were marathon ready almost. Yeah. yeah. So there's a whole, yeah. I'm like, well. Clearly, it was meant to work out. So. so so, talk us through, like, what did you think um, really helped you in cutting off that time? I mean, that you cut 15 minutes off of your time, and then you had to cut another 10 minutes off your time. I mean, Right. So um, between the first and second marathon, uh, the first marathon, I literally went into a bookstore and just found a simple training plan just to uh, – my goal was just run the whole race. And, um, and I did. And so then I had kind of that base time. And I said, okay, now I'm going to step it up. And I bought a book on Boston qualifying. So like, Ooh. I don't even remember which book it was, but it, it had a training plan in there that I knew was like far off of where I was, but I tried to follow it as best as I could. And it had a ton of mileage in it. And that was, I think actually more detrimental to me mm. was running too many miles and not really understanding um, how you know longer run should be slower and then you do it didn't have any like pace workout or tempos or, or you oh. know it was just like basic miles so then when I started but I, but obviously it helped because I took off that chunk of time but I did hit the wall around mile 20 because I wasn't fueling well mm. um, with nutrition you know the nutrition aspect of it and then when I started running with other moms a few of who have run Boston before and you know you learn so much mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really amazing and we recommend books to each other and we talk about different websites and um i i looked at a lot of hal higdon's stuff and and uh, it was um very informative and i realized oh so this is how you're supposed to do this so the next the plan for um big sur was kind of a hybrid i kind of went in between a couple different plans just because i wasn't sure yet if i was going to do eugene or how i was going to race it um but I ended up falling back onto one that cut back mileage and uh, really focused on what I was putting into my body during the long runs and um, and adding in that speed work. And I really think that that was key. And I hear that from everybody, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the speed work is key. But it's also scary because that's usually where a lot of people get hurt. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I don't know. I still am trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right well before we continue talking with you megan we're going to insert a voice memo from a mother runner and the way we got all these there's um i think 11 of them in this show uh we asked women to tell us how they found their own finish line or why they strove toward it 
And so, as I said, we're going to have about 11 voice memos. And um, listeners, consider yourself warned. When I listened to the voice memos to prep for this show, I went through quite a number of tissues. So here's the first one. Hi, my name is Marion, and I'm from Akron, Ohio. I recently found my finish line in November. I decided that I was going to make a really big half marathon goal and push myself to PR by three minutes. I looked at the pace predictors and it said if I could run a half marathon at 145, then I would be able to qualify for Boston in a full. So I trained and I really put my heart into it and I had my husband and one of our good friends pace me and they stuck to that eight minute pace the entire time and I just hung on for dear life and I did it. I got to that finish line and I cried. I have run two full marathons and I did not cry after either one of those. But this one just meant so much. I felt like I put a big goal on myself that was scary and I put it out there and told the world I was doing it and I went out and did it. It was amazing. So now this year, my finish line is to prove that the pace calculators are correct. I want it to be correct. It says that I should be able to run a full marathon in 3.35.6.7-ish. So that's my goal. I want to break that 3.40 and I want to qualify for Boston. I want to be that caliber of a runner. I may not actually make it to go and run in Boston, but I want to be that runner. So I'll be at the Presque Isle, Erie, Pennsylvania Marathon in September, toeing the line and ready to find my finish line. Megan, um, so in your training, as you're training, when when you're envisioning the Boston course or the finish line um, on Boylston Street, you know, what do you see? Like what keeps you striving towards that, towards the finish line? Just not taking that advantage that I have working legs and lungs. And I just think of all these people out there that can't run. And it's not really a particular person. Like a lot of people say, I'm doing this for my children, or I'm doing this for, um, you know, a loved one who passed away, or I, you know, obviously, I'm doing it for my, I want my son to, I want to be a role model for my son. But, um, you know, my husband, he could probably do without me running. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, he's been a, he's a trooper as, you know, families have to be supportive for distance um, runners. But I, it's really just everybody who can't run. I mean, I've got friends whose children have cystic fibrosis and they want to run so badly. They just can't. And, um, you know, people who have severe injuries and they can't run or, um, they just don't have the support to do it. They don't have the and a lot of people just, they could run, but they don't because they don't have that uh, mental strength that it takes to train for a marathon, which is sad. But those, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of running for everybody who can't run. And just that's finding my finish line is just saying, no, I am able to do this. I'm going to push myself and, and make it happen. And the rewards are amazing. So, so you see it as a gift. I do. I, it's definitely a gift. Absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. Megan, in an email, you've told me how much strength and friendship you draw from those moms or um, gals, as I like you calling them, um, who you run with. So tell us a bit about them, please. Oh, man. Um, They're like, just amazing people. They're, it's like having a best friend and um, a close family member and a counselor, uh, all in one. You know, we... I think we learn so much from each other and we 
sort through so many things with each other during our long runs, just outside of running in itself. I mean, we probably hardly ever talk about actual running (laughs) (laughs) unless one of us is, you know, nursing an injury or having stomach issues or something (laughs) like that. But um, otherwise, it's just, I look forward to it so much. I mean, just this morning, it's like, oh, I got to cram it in. I got to, you know, both of us had to get to work and then like okay can you meet real quick we'll drop the kids at school and then we could get in like four you know or or it's I get a text last night at two o'clock or like yesterday afternoon two o'clock hey um how many can you do maybe six like okay (laughs) let's try for six (laughs) but I just really look forward to it I need that every day and I mean I work in an office by myself so I don't have many people to talk to through (laughs) throughout the day so sometimes I feel kind of bad for my running partners because I'm just like but um you know, but we're, we all come from different areas, too. I'm one, I mean, one of them has four children, and she's like a PhD, and she works part-time. And then and her husband's always working. I mean, he works for Nike, and he's gone a lot. And then the other, you know, her she's a physical therapist, and she works, you know, three or four days a week and um, has a couple kids. I only have one kid, but I juggle – I'm juggling, like, a million things in my life right now. Um, and we have our own company, but I also – have a job in that company that I have to work, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week sometimes. Um, and I don't know, everything just, these women are amazing. I mean, women are amazing in general, but women who have families and careers (laughs) are just an extra step up, I think. And, um, I don't know how I could, I don't know if I would continue running if I didn't have that support. But wait, aren't you, you're moving soon, aren't you? You mentioned, I am. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so that's the other stressor in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are, we, we are building a house actually. So, um, you know, the whole thing was like, Oh, well, someday we'll find a piece of land and we won't have neighbors right behind us. But now I'm kind of realizing, you know, it's, I'm going to miss kind of miss that. And just being able to meet with my friends and run whenever we can squeeze it in. And so, that was the other thing. Um, if I hadn't been running Boston this year, I don't know if I would be able to train again because I really need them. And it's not that I can't make new running friends, but they're just, they're the ones I want right now in my yeah. life. And so, yeah, this is kind of our last little hurrah because even though you say, we'll meet for runs, I'm not like moving super, super far away just to the other side of town. Um, it's not going to be the same. It's Aww. just so hard. I know. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Very sad. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, um, not to cut you off, but here is another voice memo. Hi, it's Sarah calling from London, Ontario, Canada, with my Find Your Finish Line story. My finish line is seeing myself as the athlete that I am. Through this training cycle for my very first half marathon, uh, a lot of things have helped me to find this finish line. It's the easy way my kids talk to their friends about their mom and her upcoming half marathon. It's checking workouts off my schedule, pinned to the cupboard in the in the kitchen. It's uh, an ultra marathoner friend who takes the time to comment on one of my Facebook posts and tell me that I inspire other runners. Um, It's my intervals coach pulling me aside at the end of a workout, telling me I'm running faster and more consistently than he ever thought I would. It's friends asking me uh, for their advice when they start back up into running. And most importantly, it's finding a tribe of positive, like-minded women who believe in each other from afar and support 
this uh, realization that I truly am an athlete, that I can do this, um, is the a more rewarding finish line, I believe, than the finish line that's coming up at the end of April for my her- first half marathon. So thanks, everyone. Hope you're, you're finding your finish line, too. So Megan, so as you're eyeing the starting line of the Boston Marathon, uh, what, what goals do you have in mind? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm still struggling with it right now. And actually, I was just having this conversation this morning. My friend, she's one of my running partners who's, she's kind of like the mother in my head. She's like, you know, respect the distance. And, you know, <laughs> she's done Boston before too. And she's always like, nope, you need to go in with a plan. Cause I'm like, ah, I'm just going to go in and run. I just want to have fun. She's like, nope, you need a plan. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think what it's come down to, and I told her this this morning, I said, I think I am going to race it. Like, I really think I should push myself and try to, um, you know, do the, the best that I can. I've trained for it. So there's really no reason not to, I guess, aside from just trying to enjoy it versus like kill myself Mm -hmm. and enjoy it. So (laughs) I know I'm going to enjoy it either way, but I think my goal is, yeah, just to, to, um, start off and stay at a consistent pace. Um, and, and hope that everything pays off all the training and reading I've done will pay off. So does that mean PRing for you? Do you think you can? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to like say it. She's saying it out loud and and it's recorded. I know. I'm like, like, I don't want to say that. (laughs) That was like with Eugene. I'm like, nope, I'm not telling anybody I'm trying to Boston qualify because that's going to just ruin it for me. Um, Yeah. Or at least get what I got at Eugene. You know, that would be that would if I could just even if I don't re-qualify for Boston, just getting somewhere close to that would would make me really happy. Well, that time would requalify you. I just, mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that now it's just going to get tougher and tougher every year Absolutely. that it was, yep. you know, because I think last year, maybe you had to qualify by more than a, like a minute 25 like a, or mm-hmm. minute 26, something like that. Like that really made a difference the 25, 26. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, so, and then this year, 228. And I just think next year, maybe it's going to be like, you know, 314. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. And that's my thought. That's what I was telling the girls, um, uh, with because I was going to do Vernonia and I said I mean I'm going to kill myself again what if I don't get in again I mean mm-hmm. the field size is just getting bigger more mm-hmm. people are running which is fantastic yeah. but it is it's getting harder and harder so I wonder yeah. if they'll adjust the paces again you know that's what I was thinking yeah because then that wasn't that long ago that they did but mm-hmm. maybe it was will. it was not but and I wonder if they would do that just because then there is that such great disappointment yes that you think okay sweet action I qualified and then like oh that's not that's not quote-unquote good enough that's right. not strong enough oh yeah that's awful. and yeah. and so they right and so that maybe they drop the times to make them faster so that you don't get that false hope but then again that would also I don't know. That's to me, uh, I was bashing a little on the Boston Marathon saying earlier in the intro. And I think that would sort of maybe, I don't know. I sometimes think that they think everybody qualifies by more 20 minutes or more, yeah. you know, 12 <laughs> minutes or more or something. And it's like, no, 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 here we are. The what now qualifies as a squeaker yes. over here. <laughs> and those yeah. are the people that I really think deserve to run it. You know, I did too. I went through that kind of, oh, I'm bitter. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to support them anymore. And I'm just, bah. but um, then it became, well, you know what? we should be really, you know, 
I don't know, we should be really proud of ourselves. And they should have a nice little like chunk of bibs for people like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like something. you only get to run it once. Okay. You, you can't run it again because yeah. other people need a chance. <laughs> yeah. You qualify. That's yeah, yeah. That's the frustrating thing that I hear, you know, is that mm-hmm. you qualify for all these ladies that we're talking to, you know, you qualified yet, you mm-hmm. know, you didn't make it make it in but yay but you did <laughs> yay but we did i know and i'm i'm so happy at least yeah a chunk of us got a second chance <laughs> right, right um well thanks for joining me in the basement megan uh see you in boston and it's um time for another voice memo and afterward i'll be joined christine and i will be joined by donna malpelli a mom of four including boy girl twins like me uh, donna lives in virginia and she'll be running boston with her best running friends so stay tuned Hi, this is Jenny, and I live in St Albans in England. Um, so finding my finish line, um, this year I did a half marathon for the first time in under two hours, which was a major achievement that I was really pleased about. However, two things in that race um, were also major achievements. Um, The first one was that I ran the whole race without walking at all or stopping, which just felt really great to do. And the second one was that um, it was a really hilly half marathon. Um, In particular, there was one really big hill at about mile six, which went on for about two miles. Um, You didn't really kind of go downhill after that as well Um, and I was just really pleased that I ran up it all I didn't slow down um, on the hill or when I got to the top Um, so in a way those two things running the whole race without stopping and also um, running all up all those hills um, were also major um, as big achievements as doing the whole thing in under two hours. So now I'm looking forward to the London Marathon in just under a month's time. So fingers crossed that will go just as well. Welcome, Donna. It's great to talk to you again. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Nice, nice. So, so Donna, I felt like you and I bonded quickly when I called you to tell you that you were going to be part of this Highlands Find Your Finish Line program because you told me on that first call that your mom was praying for you to get a bib via the Highlands program. And I admitted to you that my mother always prays for good weather before my marathons. <laughs> so... Absolutely. My mom, it's great to have moms who can pray. Yeah. I feel like they pull through. <laughs> they did. They did. And it looks like maybe, um, I, I don't know if my mom has, we're recording this on the 6th, April 6th, it, and already it looks like though maybe I don't even need my mother to pray for good weather. Nice. Uh, I feel like it can't hurt. Yeah. Let's, just, okay. let's just keep them at it. <laughs> okay. okay. Have, you, have you transferred your mother's um, prayers now to weather or, or um, is she? I feel like all encompassing, like just a good race, weather, um, that everyone feels good, that okay. um, everything goes well, you know, transportation, everything just goes <laughs> as planned. I hope the bus out to Athletes Village doesn't have a flat tire. <laughs> exactly. All those things will be great. Oh, good, good. Because God cares about those things. Yeah. <laughs> now that now that he doesn't have to focus on the final four game anymore, like he, he right. can turn his attention to the Boston Marathoners. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm about to get struck by lightning at any second. So. <laughs> so I see that you're in Virginia, Donna, right? Yes, I am. I'm just, um, I'm about... 30 minutes outside of DC. 
Oh, okay. Well, we're like neighbors practically. I'm near Annapolis. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I so, grew up yeah. in Maryland. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, tell, tell me a little bit about your running background. Um, I started running in high school. I was a high school um, track sprinter, actually. Okay. And so it's funny to me now that I've um, progressed to the endurance side. Um, I uh, And then after high school, in college, I just ran for fitness, um, just to stay in shape, clear my mind, be able to get work done in college. You know, if I cleared my mind, I could come back get my work done. And then after college, um, I continued to run. And then once I had kids, I have four children. They are 11, nine and twins that are six. Once I had kids, I really found that I needed to run. Um, <laughs> running preserves my with... sanity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, my husband knows that it's a must. And, um, then it gradually um, progressed into running longer and longer distances to the point where I was like, I think I want to try a marathon. And um, so that's kind of how it all came about, came mm -hmm. together for me. Mm -hmm. So what what uh, distances did you run in high school? Like you said, sprints. Was it like high super short stuff, like the 100 or? Yes. It's funny. Oh, wow. I was talking to one of my tutor students yesterday and she um, runs the mile. And I was like, when I was in high school, that's the last thing I wanted to run. I said 100, 200, and do not even think about putting me in the 400 because I am not sprinting a whole lap. <laughs> so you've so, gone from, from thinking a lap is long to, to now running marathons. <laughs> yes, exactly. It has gone full circle for sure. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Wow. Wow. Um, all right. Well, before I ask you a question, we are going to um, hop on to a voice memo. Hi, this is Becky in Garnet Valley, Pennsylvania, mom to two young boys, age nine and six. And I have to say I live in PA, but my heart is in New England, as that's where I was born and raised. But anyway, my find, my finish line is to just run healthy and run strong. 2015 was a great year for my running journey. I completed my first half marathon and then went on to run two more along with half a dozen or so 10Ks and I loved every minute of it. Currently though, because of a little mishap involving my pinky toe and then a procedure that I had to have done because, well, I was tired of a certain something happening when I coughed, seized, laughed, tried to do a sprint workout or did a jumping jack and you fellow mother runners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. So I had that taken care of, but it has sidelined sidelined me for a few more weeks, and I'm just aching to get back out there. And hopefully that'll begin on Mother's Day at the Delaware Running Festival, where I'm going to do a four-person marathon relay. But my goal is just to run healthy, run strong, and no more mishaps. So there it is. Thanks, and wish me luck. Well, given that I love my best running friend, I really relate to your tale, Donna, of qualifying in the same race as your BRF, Jennifer. So tell us about that and how you were training with her for this Boston, even though you'd been shut out of a bib by a mere 20 seconds. Yes. Um, Jennifer really has um, been an essential factor in getting me to Boston. She, so she, years when I started about three years ago running with her, um, we just were friends through the gym and we started to come and she started teaching this class outside of the gym that was basically just a running class. And I'm always looking for like little groups to run with. So I started running with her and she was always faster than me. So I was actually training for a marathon 
with someone else at the time. And every time I would run with my other friend, I would say, I ran with my that girl, Jen, yesterday again. She's always faster than me. And it was miserable, but I kept coming back because I kept thinking, um, I really liked our conversations and I really liked our time together. And eventually I was running next to her. And so I always assumed for a long time that she was slowing down. And eventually she's like, I'm not slowing down. You are speeding up. You are getting faster and I'm not doing anything different than I used to do. And so <laughs> then it became like this accomplishment. Like, wow, yeah. I actually like can keep up with her. So then she had trained for a marathon um, and I was running the half, uh, the DC rock and roll. And I ran the first half with her because that's how that race starts. You, everybody mm -hmm. starts together. Mm -hmm. So I ran the first half with her and her second half was, she was trying to qualify for Boston. She kind of fell apart in the second half, had a lot of like nutritional issues. So when she was done, I was like, you know what this means? This means that we need to run a race together to qualify for Boston together. So after she that's it, what it means, like, that's what it means. <laughs> yeah. She started thinking about it and thinking, she was like, I don't know. That race was miserable. It's terrible. So eventually, um, we decided on Richmond and we trained together for Richmond. I had an injury. I went out there. I thought really a month out, I thought, I don't even think I can run this race. And then, um, we got closer and closer and I had gone to physical therapy and it really was getting better. It wasn't great, but it was better. And I still kept training because everybody's, my physical therapist said, it's fine. You can run through this. Um, you're not going to make it worse, but I just couldn't get my speed back. So then we decided, um, I decided I am, was going to run it with her, uh, but we weren't necessarily going to run the race together. We were just going together. And I said, I just want to be able to do it. So as we were running that morning, I started running and I said, my leg does not hurt this is where my mom's prayers come in, I think. Uh, and a guy next to me said, isn't that great when that happens? I was like, well, it took a lot of work for this leg to not work. But yeah, it is great. <laughs> so she was, had all intentions of leaving me. And so we, and it was fine. You know, it was, yeah, a, I was going to say that you, I think you made that sound more harsh than, than it really yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was fine. Like I said to her, you need to leave when you've decided that it's, you know, it's your time to keep going, to go faster. I don't know how long my leg is going to hold up. And we just kept sticking together and sticking together and it was working. And, you know, halfway through the race, she was like, we're going to run this race together and we are going to qualify together. And I was like, Aww. I still in my head was like, I am not going to qualify. And so we got towards the end of the race and I said to her, I'm going to walk one minute every mile for the last six. And she mm -hmm. looked at me and said, I do not think that that is a good idea, but if that is what you want to do, okay. So she kept running and I started walking my minute. I walked my first minute and I heard her voice in my head. And I thought, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> so I start running again. I catch up with her. And at this point wow. now I'm on like a mission. I have to qualify and I need it to come in faster than her because we were in different age brackets. Oh. So she said, okay, keep going. I can't go any faster than this. So I finished. She crossed the finish line less than a minute later. And I looked at her and I said, I missed qualifying. And she said, no, you qualified. And I was like, I did it. I was supposed to be five minutes faster. I was so delusional because, you know, all the endorphins, you worked so hard that I really had changed the time in my head that I needed. <laughs> Even though for, you know, however many months it had been embedded in my head, what time I needed. So then we were like, you know, we celebrated and it was amazing. And then we go to, we go to register and she got to register the week earlier because she finished five minutes earlier than her qualifying time uh -huh. in the five minute window. So she got
got in. And then when I didn't, I was uh-huh. like, oh, I can't believe this. So I was really crushed for a while, but we run together every Friday. So I thought, well, I'm going to keep running with her because that's what we do. We run together. So then when this opportunity came up and it was actually her friend that found it, and then she contacted me, it was just like, this, this is meant to be, this has mm-hmm. got to be mm-hmm. how I'm going to get to run Boston. This has to be how this was all supposed to play out. That's, so, and it did. That's an awesome <laughs> that story. So cool. yeah. 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 Super, super awesome story. And yeah, to be that close again, 20 seconds is just, is just crazy. Yeah. And it was just such like, I, you know, you work so hard to qualify. And I just felt like I never could imagine myself doing that again. Like mm-hmm. the end of the race was like, I did it. And it was so, I just say it was miserable when I was done. I was so like <laughs> just done. Uh-huh. And you know, there were parts of it that were great, but there were parts of it that were really, you know, torturous. So I thought, I just can't imagine doing this again, but it was still on my list. Like I've got to get to Boston, you know? So, so with the phrase that the phrase, you know, find your finish line, um, what do you feel is your like own personal finish line? Um, in all of this, like whole experience, Mm -hmm. um, I would say just that my finish line really is that I'm getting there, but to fit, to cross that line in Boston also, um, is going to be an unbelievable accomplishment. I think just looking and looking back the whole, it's really kind of a, it's been like a a marathon to get to this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really cool to be able to see everything that has happened and then to be able to actually get on that starting line on the 18th and start running it and be like, I'm actually doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, is it your plan for you and Jennifer? Are you going to run it together? Are you going to run it separately? Yes, we are planning to run together. We do have, we do know that um, if there's a point where one of us thinks we are feeling good or the other one is not feeling good, we're very good about kind of pulling each other along in down parts Mm -hmm. um, of a race. And we usually alternate those points. So the other person can be like, come on. Mm -hmm. So we have all intentions of sticking together, but we would not be upset at one another if something happens and we need to split up. That's a good relationship. I was going to say, it it sounds like the perfect running relationship. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's, let's, let's hear from a voice memo and it is, um, I have to put in a plug that she's in Maryland, Christine, this, this next one. So yeah. Yeah. Hi, this is Jen from Rockville, Maryland. When I recently found my finish line, it was a reminder that I'm stronger than I thought. I've been training for my half marathon since December and I ran it on March 20th. I was hoping for the elusive sub two hour time. Twelve days before the race, I was struck with the flu and in bed for five days. I ran the race anyway, and I'm happy to say that I ran a 159.13, which also is a seven-minute PR for me. Knowing that I am stronger than I thought has me in the right mindset and ready to start training for my fall marathon. So, Donna, do you think you're going to cry when you cross the finish line in Boston? Oh, absolutely. I'll probably cry when I start. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll pull it together and then I'll cry again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have you on any of your training runs just kind of started crying over the whole momentum of it? Or is that just me who gets kind of weepy at the end of long runs? I do. And we, when I um, finished the last 20, like my big, Mm -hmm. you know, the last Mm -hmm. long run, Mm -hmm. I really was like, it was kind of like this whole nostalgic, like weird feeling. Like 
I thought, I can't believe I finished the last wrong run of this training. Like the next big thing is Boston. Mm -hmm. And I did get very, like, I did get kind of weepy and teary eyed. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I can't believe this is where we are. Mm -hmm. I got to say that I, so I ran my, I only did 120 for um, preparation because of my ankle because of fracturing in four places on May 1st last year and um and now having pins on one side and a plate on the other and um so I um I was we were um it was the day before Easter and we were up visiting relatives on the Olympic Peninsula and which means nothing to you all who live on the east coast um it's, (laughs) it's west of Seattle and um so I was running by myself. I was not with Molly, my my best running friend. Mm-hmm. And I just started to actually sob at the end of my 20 miles. Aww. I mean, to just think of how far I've come. And I don't just mean the 20 miles that, you know, that, that I mean... I mean, because within the first minute of breaking my ankle, I thought, but I'm running Boston next year. Like, yeah. like yes. <laughs> this can't be happening. You know, I qualified and, and, and I, I just timed it really well because it was 50 weeks before the marathon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I, um, and I mean, gosh, the, I have to tell you, Donna and, and Christine, you can echo this as well. I mean, I, there's no finish line like the finish line at Boston. Absolutely. And I mean, just the bleachers and, and granted I have not been there since the bombing. So I don't know how it's changed in that regard, but I mean, so 2012, I mean, it's just bleachers filled bleachers. Mm-hmm. People are cheering for you. I mean, I honestly felt like Bono, like yeah. th- th- I walked oh, out yeah, yeah. onto oh. Madison square garden stage yeah. or, you know, Shea stadium or something. And just, and, you know, and I just, you know, like whipped, you know, tried to whip up the crowd by, you know, waving my arms to get them to cheer. And, and, and man, they were on demand cheering. And, that um, is awesome. That well, I is mean, so cool. Yeah. And also because you can't see it, you, um, I mean, you turn on Hereford Street and this um, kind of smallish street, and then you turn, make a left turn to go down Boylston for several blocks toward the public library. And, um, oh my gosh, it is just, it's... Wow. It, it's wow. really loud and the energy yeah. is oh, yeah. it's truly palpable energy yep yeah. that is awesome yeah and there's not a, just at um, the finish line i mean throughout the race you're gonna hit spots where oh, yeah. energy is just crazy yeah yeah i mean i granted i haven't run new york since 1999 and i know that people say oh the new york marathon crowd's the best Mm-mm, no the boston marathon crowd i mean there are just people the entire way and just so enthusiastic. And yes, you know, a lot of them are inebriated, but, um, but gosh, darn, they are <laughs> I mean, very rowdy better. drunks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine is from Boston and she said, I didn't know you were running. And she goes, I love the Boston Marathon. And then she goes, I mean, not to run it. I love <laughs> to be there watching the Boston Marathon and drinking while yeah. watching it and cheering for all the runners. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly, <laughs> particularly if we have good weather, I mean, you know, so that it's not like they're standing out there shivering and, you know, driving rain or something. And yeah, 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 it's, it's really fantastic. So that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, and, and share your goal. What's your, what's your goal for, do you have time goals? Do you have, you know, what is it? My time goal is about three forty-five. Um, to Jen and I, actually, I've been saying that I was going to puffy paint a shirt that said I had to run faster than this to get here. And I did show her my puffy paint talent, but she wasn't very happy because next thing you knew, she sent me this, um, 
this website that says, I just designed our shirts. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> she ordered us shirts that say, um, on the front it says Boston Marathon 2016. And on the back it says, um, I had to run faster than this to qualify. And it says um, something like hashtag enjoy, something like that. So nice. we're like, we want to, we want to run it, still have a great run, mm -hmm. but we also want to like really take in everything. Like I want to see the people. I want to talk to them. I mm -hmm. want to see all the sites. I really want to like take in every moment of it so that I'm there like present in mm -hmm. the race the whole time that I'm running it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I would say that's about, that's about my plan for the race as well. Um, yeah. So then, so then I have to ask, have you debated whether you'll kiss a Wellesley student or not? Because <laughs> you know that's that's part of that's part of the whole Boston Marathon thing. And I when I, when I was doing 2012, I'm like, that's it. I'm definitely gonna kiss one of those students. And then, but I was so busy, they're all holding out signs, and they're all and I love clever signs along race courses. Yes. So you know, um, you know, I'm a math major. Kiss me, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. I say in a marathon, I do it. I will do anything. <laughs> nice. Especially the Boston Marathon. Well, the funny thing was, um, Jennifer and I kept joking. I kept saying. You know, um, Sarah and I have texted back and forth and I keep saying, yes, yes, I will be there anytime. Like, I'm like, anything she says, I said, the next thing you know, Jen, I'm going to be running the Boston Marathon naked. Like, I have no idea what I'm signing up for. <laughs> She's like, no, it's going to be fine. <laughs> My little puppet Donna on the weekend. <laughs> I'm like, well, I think you're also about half my height, so we'll, we'll make a very good duo. So maybe I could even pretend to, you know, put my hand up your back and we can be a ventriloquist act. So <laughs> we're going to have a terrible time. I can tell already. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Donna. I, I look forward to sharing the Boston Marathon experience with you. And um, we're going to go to another voice memo and then we'll be joined by our final Highlands Find Your Finish line runner, Nicole Hart. Nicole is a military spouse in central Pennsylvania with three children. Nicole is a personal trainer who teaches several fitness classes a week. She qualified for Boston in her eighth marathon last spring. Hi, my name is Angela and I live in Ringgold, Georgia, a small town just south of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I have three sons. Andrew is 10, Thomas is six, and my middle son, Benjamin, is eight. When Benjamin was born, we learned that he has Down syndrome, and that has not been without its challenges. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that Benjamin is always my motivation for running. I usually run so that I can train for races, to get more bling to hang on my walls, and so that I can eat more food. But last spring, when I didn't get into the New York City Marathon for the second year in a row, I began to look into charity options. I found a charity called Lumind Research Down Syndrome, that specifically studies the link between Alzheimer's and Down syndrome. So I bit the bullet and decided to raise the money. And because of the overwhelming generosity of my friends and family who believed in the cause and who believed in me and who had been touched by Benjamin and his sweetheart and his perseverance, I raised $2,600 in an astounding 13 days. That really helped me in November when I hit that wall at mile 22, threw my arms around my husband's neck as he stood on the side of the road cheering for me, crying and telling him that everything hurt. And he told me, you only have a few more miles to go. You can do this. I walked for a while and I was really mad. 
I was mad that I had gone out too fast. I was mad that everything hurt. I was mad that I wasn't enjoying myself. And then I decided that I really needed to run the rest of the race for my Benjamin and all the Benjamins who deserve a long and successful life. And also because I really wanted a sub 530 and if I really hauled butt, I could make it. So I ran like a woman possessed. My last mile was actually my fastest mile of the entire marathon. And I got my sub 530 and I raised the money for the um, Lumine Research Down Syndrome. And that was my personal finish line. Hello, hello, Nicole. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Hi, Christina. Hey, Nicole. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) So, Nicole, um, so tell us a little bit about how you started running and how you started doing marathoning. Well, to tell you the truth, I was not an athletic kid at all. Um, I grew up in Canada, so the only sports that I participated in, believe it or not, were bowling and I was even on a curling team in high school you're making this up just to be stereotypical aren't you (laughs) (laughs) so um so I I lived in Canada then I moved to the United States when I was 26 um I took a nursing job there and I met my now my husband at the time, he um, was in the Army, he still is, and he was very active, a runner, and I decided maybe I would try running. So I just started, you know, five minutes at a time, just trying to increase my mileage all the time, and it took me about almost three years before I did a 5K race. And wow. Then, Talk about yeah. that. That's a very deliberate progression. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it was very um, start and stop kind of thing. You know, I'd get frustrated and I didn't have any kind of like program, like a couch to 5K. I just kind of tried running. I didn't really research how to do it. I just did it. And then it wasn't until um, we got married and then we were living in New York and I decided to um, do a little more running and then we moved to Germany. And that's where I really um, started running more. My husband deployed to Iraq Mm -hmm. and I met up with uh, another army wife and she was um, a bit of a runner like me. We ran three or four miles at a time and we started running together. And from there, I think by the time we met, within a year, we ran our first half marathon together. And that was in, I'm guessing it was 2005. Mm. And that was in that was in Europe. Yes, yes, it was oh, in Germany. That's so exotic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun. And then two years after that, I ran my first marathon, and that was the Zurich Marathon in Switzerland. Wow. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So that was really fun. And after that, it just continued on from there. And so now I've run seven marathons. Oh, okay. Oh, so Boston's going to be number eight. Yes. All right. Okay. And and any other ones in Europe? Because those just sound like really mm-hmm. fancy, you know, and, and posh compared to, you know, <laughs> our American ones. Unfortunately, that's the only marathon I've done there. Um, I got pregnant right from with my third child right before we left Germany. So we did a lot of half marathons there, but that was about as, as exotic as it got. And then 
all the other ones were here in the States. I did, um, we lived in Virginia when I had my daughter and for a while I just did halves and then we moved to California and I did the Nike women's marathon twice mm -hmm. and I did Napa Valley marathon, mm, nice. which I loved. Yeah. And then, um, gosh, I have to think about every move that I've made. So then we moved here to Pennsylvania and since then I've done Harrisburg, mm -hmm. which is close by a real local race for me. And then I did Philadelphia and then New Jersey last right, year. Right, where he qualified. From Harrisburg to Zurich. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't covered sad? it all. The exotic <laughs> life of Nicole Hart, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick pause for another voice memo. This is Jade from Fleming Island, Florida, and I found the finish line of my first marathon last fall in Key West, Florida. After a series of TMI issues, I was finishing my marathon much later in the day and the weather was much hotter than anyone expected at about 95 degrees. The race staff had already started to take down the course markers and about 18 of us found ourselves lost in the last mile and a half of our marathon. Luckily I had my phone and my husband had already finished so I called him and pulled out the maps and found the finish line for myself as well as about the 16 other people that were with me and following us kind of lost through downtown Key West. Luckily all of us finished our marathon upright and in good shape and had lots of medical help there at the finish line to help us recover. Hopefully nobody else has that sort of issue with the end of their uh, first marathon or first races, but I'm still proud to say that I found my strong and I found my finish line all at the same time. Run strong, Bammers. Okay, Nicole, so you told me you set your sights on qualifying for and running Boston because you wanted to show your young daughter what you could do. So I'd love to hear more about that and why in particular you feel you're proving something for your daughter. You know, why you singled out your daughter, not um, why your other kids. Um, well, I think because when I was growing up, I had two sisters and, you know, it was early 70s. So I didn't find that sports were necessarily encouraged a lot especially in my family. My mom and dad were both not athletic as well. So it wasn't really expected for girls to necessarily be very athletic. And I think I want to really show my daughter that you don't have to do all the necessarily the girly things that I want her to feel strong and powerful in her own right. And whether it's sports or not, I just want her to see that you know, her mom can do whatever she sets her mind to, setting a goal and working hard towards it. I think that's really important to inspiring girls, especially. Yeah, nice. Love that. Nice. Well, your answer actually leads perfectly into this voice memo. Hi, ladies. This is Monica. I'm calling from New Jersey. I'm currently training for my 31st marathon, which will be the New Jersey Marathon in May. The motivation for finding my finish line has changed throughout the years, but I think currently my reasons for running races and getting to the finish lines are a few. Adding one more marathon to my list, adding one more medal to my kitchen wall where I proudly display my medals, pushing the limits 
and showing my daughters that no matter where they are in life, they can pursue their loves and passions are proudly my main reasons. Thank you for your podcast. It's wonderful. Thanks, ladies. So in full disclosure, I want to um, admit that, Nicole, you and I are both coached by the talented and dear Brianna Bamer, and that you were also coached by Brie for your Boston Qualifying Marathon, um, which I was as well, um, and that um, I-, I like to take a little credit maybe for urging you to <laughs> to hire Brie and to hire a coach. Um, I felt that, you know, from our friendship and, and um, you know, keeping up with what you're doing, you know, I knew you had good speed and were close to BQing, and I assured you that having a coach would make the crucial difference. So talk to us about what it's like to be coach, because I think some gals listening to the podcast might think a coach is something like other people have, but but not them. Oh, absolutely. I resisted this for so long. Um, and part of the reason is, and you know that I'm this way, I'm pretty thrifty myself in mm-hmm. that. Spending we we money, bond over that as well. <laughs> <laughs> spending money on myself like that seemed like such a luxury. And because... Um, I was a nurse in the past and now I'm doing personal training and run coaching myself. And I've, I really feel like I've really delved into the knowledge of running and I feel like I know a lot about it. And I, I kept on thinking, why would I have to hire someone? I can just figure it out myself. But the thing for me was, and I didn't know until I started working with Brie is that I was really underestimating myself and Mm -hmm. I was not pushing myself anywhere close to where I should have been. I think I just would back away from setting lofty goals. And it wasn't only her training plan that she gave me and the workouts, it was her encouragement and her optimism is just incredible. And she would tell me these things and I would start to believe them. And if she, and I'm a rule follower. So if she gave me this out and she said, you're going to run this pace for three minutes. I'm like, of course I'm going to run that pace for three minutes because Bree's going to be looking at my workout. And I just had to do it. I mean, there was no way I was going to back off of it because I knew she was going to look at that, uh, that Garmin file and she'd mm. see if I, if I stopped my watch or if I, <laughs> you know, backed off of the pace. So she just has pushed me to the level that I never thought I would be at. Um, I was, it was just an incredible experience to work with her last spring mm-hmm. or last winter. And now again, I just, and she's even pushing me harder this time. I don't know about your workout, Sarah, but <laughs> she, I, I know Boston's a tough course, but I've really noticed a difference in the type of workout she's given me this time. And I'm so glad to have her because I don't have to, there's no thinking involved. Mm-hmm. I just get that training plan every week and I look at it and I plan at what time I'm going to work out. And then I just go, day by day and I just do what she tells me and then before I knew it was over and here I am like in the taper right right (laughs) (laughs) so in in those more challenging workouts you were just talking about um as you were preparing do you call up thoughts of Boston as you're working out or do you have any kind of mantra or something that keeps you going strong through through those workouts those challenging workouts well that's another thing that she's also helped me with a lot is the mental training and she'll even write it in the little file that she'll give me when she gives me my workout. She'll write, you know, in the end of the mile, think about the last two miles of Boston, the way mm. you're going to feel. And think of the finish line or think about different ways you're going to feel. Or when I'm doing my hill repeats, when I'm doing, she was working a lot on the 
working on downhill repeats and working mm-hmm. on yes. downhill. Boston. Yep, yep. And so that was part of like, okay, if I'm going to be running down at the beginning of the race, I want to think about controlling my pace, but having, and with light feet. And so you start thinking about the race itself during your training. And I think that helped me last year as well. She always had little mental things that she'd throw in there. And it, I, I could bring that up on race day and say, remember when I did this workout, this is how I felt and I pushed through it. And I think that's going to help me in my marathon as well. Awesome. Awesome. So here's uh, yet another voice memo. Hi, my name is Lisa and I'm calling from the beautiful Caribbean island of Haiti. My motivation for running has always been about me. Running has always been something that I do for myself. I'm 41, and I've been running since I was 10. Over those 30 years, my running goals have evolved from running cross-country competitively as a Division III athlete, to qualifying for Boston, to running to keep me sane during stressful times, to training for an Ironman with my husband, to bonding with friends on the trails of the Oregon coast, to just having time to listen to podcasts, and to simply start the day with a few good sweaty miles and a clear head. Even though my goals have changed, there has been one constant in all of those miles, and that is that I was always doing it for me because I love running. I do. I simply love running, and I do it for me. Thank you. So, Nicole, from from email or our Twitter exchanges or, or texts, it, it sounds to me like you and I have similar approaches to Boston to run it and enjoy it rather than race it. Um, do you, is that am I reading you correctly or no? Well, that's how I went into it, and oh. Brian haven't actually talked about it though. And I'm, <laughs> it's so funny because I thought about it just yesterday, and I thought. What is Brie going to want me to do? Because, honestly, before New Jersey, it was the same thing. Like, we had we had talked a little bit about what, my, of course, my qualifying time that I needed. But I didn't know exactly until about a week before what the race plan was uh-huh. until she said it to me. So I haven't heard from her yet what the plan is. Um, I mean, ideally, I really want to enjoy the day. Yeah. Um, but my training has been going really well. And I guess it depends on a lot of factors, you know, obviously the weather and um, how I'm feeling that week leading up to it, if I'm rested and that kind of thing. So I honestly don't know. I would, I mean, I definitely want to enjoy it. I want to, this is, this may be my only time that I go to the Boston Marathon. So I want to make the most of it and I want to enjoy it. So I don't necessarily want to push all the way through it because I might not enjoy the experience enough. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I don't believe that she'd ever really want me to requalify at this marathon, mm-hmm. but, and I don't think I want to, but, <laughs> but we'll see. It's, it's, it's unusual, but I really don't know what my plan is yet, other than just the enjoyment of the experience itself. You're so funny. I got to say the exact same thing. I mean, I, I, people, I, I forget who I was talking to and they were like, Oh, so, you know, what are your goals? And so I was saying that, and as I'm saying, I'm thinking, well, those are my goals. I'm not sure what Bree's goals for me are. <laughs> it's so funny because we're both rule followers. It's like, whatever Bree tells us to do, we're just going to do it. <laughs> oh, I know. Those are, that's, that, those are the uh, runners that coaches like the most. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that and positive attitude. Yeah, I get yes, that. Bree yes. tells me that a lot. You know, like, Sarah, you have such a positive attitude. That's, you know, that makes all the difference. Yeah. And yeah, 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 right. yeah. Yeah. Um, so Nicole, uh, as you're 
going to be at the Boston Marathon and you're at the starting line and you're heading towards that finish line, what do you think you're going to find when you're at the finish line? And find can, you know, mean, mean anything. What do you think is going to be there for you? Uh, well, with this whole project with Find Your Finish Line, it's been kind of interesting because I don't know if I've ever gone into a race experience like this being so reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good challenge for me. At first, I was, you know, kind of dreading a few of the challenges, thinking, oh, what am I going to come up with? But it's actually been a really good time to reflect on what this race is going to mean. Mm. And for me, I'm just looking at it as a celebration of where I've come as far as my fitness, my athletic ability. I mean, like I said, I wasn't an athlete growing up. I didn't come into running seriously until I was in my mid thirties. So honestly, I, 10 years ago, if you told me that I was going to qualify for the Boston marathon, I would have laughed and said, there's no way. So just to, to get my qualifying time, to get to that starting line, to cross that finish line is completely a victory, my own personal victory and my Mm -hmm. celebration. That's where I'm going to find it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's Mm -hmm. so awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I I just, I, when I hear you say these things, I'm just thinking about the people who are listening, who are thinking the same thing that you, I mean, it's yet another way, Nicole, that you and I are the same, that, you know, we're not athletes as kids, just could never believe that we would get to be of, you know, quote unquote caliber or have the speed that would be required for Boston. And, you know, now we're both going to be there. And to, I just think that there's a lot of people listening who the same thing. They haven't been pushed hard enough or haven't been, haven't yeah. been given the faith in themselves to, absolutely, to, absolutely. to to really live up to their full potential. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, well, and I can't wait to see you in Boston and to uh, hang out in Athletes Village with you, Nicole. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank Good you. Luck. I'm excited. Awesome. Good awesome. luck, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Christine. All right, well, here's our final voice memo. Hey, this is Lindsay from Michigan. When I think about crossing my own personal finish line, I think about my first and now last marathon. Maybe I'll do another one in the future. It was a marathon to health. I had been very sick after the birth of my son and running helped me to find my health again. I had run before that, but it really continued to focus on my health and to race to that finish line to be the healthiest I have ever been and know that I could go far and strong. And it also coincided with some other things in my life that I was running my own marathon in other ways. And it helped me to get both of those finish lines and I feel stronger than I ever have before. Thanks so much. And may you all find your finish lines. And like I said at the onset, that was an epic show. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time for Train Like a Mother Club with Dimity. Hey, this is Dimity here in Denver, loving no April showers, but beautiful sunshine finally. I think the last snow, that's me knocking on wood, is gone. So um, so good time to hit the trails in training. Keep training. Um, and our question today in the Train Like a Mother Club corner comes from Janet, who asks, 
why is it so much harder to run two miles in the afternoon than 10 miles in the morning? And I got to say, Janet, I hear you loud and clear. I think we are either programmed. I know we are programmed to be either like morning larks or night owls. And if you are in the former camp like I am, two miles in the afternoon feels like a marathon, right? There are a bunch of quests, a bunch of comments after her thing. No one really explained it, um, but a couple affirmations. Um, Jody writes, I feel the same way. Thankfully, I have met an awesome running buddy who is willing to meet me at 5.30 a.m. in the dark and cold for long runs on the weekends. As for the weekday runs, I still stick with the afternoons. Um, Barbara says, yep, totally. I can do it on Saturday afternoons in the summer, in the summer but otherwise it's got to be the first thing. Um, and then we have, um, finally, Susan saying, ha, I felt exactly the same way this afternoon when I cut my run short by two miles. So anyway, whether you're a morning runner, a night runner, two miles in the afternoon is easy or hard. Um, here's hoping you have many good miles this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, and to wrap this up, whether you're listening while you're running, cooking dinner, driving to work, folding laundry, whatever it is, once you finish that task up and you get back in front of a computer, be sure to pay a visit to our online store at motherrunnerstore.com to check out all our fun and often functional spring merchandise. We just introduced several new technical running tops, including that short sleeve version of our badass Mother Runner tattoo tee that I talked about in the show. And um, uh, it's, lighter as, it's light as a feather and it dries super fast. And that tattoo heart graphic is very cool. I've gotten compliments on it, that tee every time I've worn it. And we have an awesome new technical tank top that says run like there's no tomorrow. It's a very bright, um, hot coral color. So um, really uh, kind of pops as you're out there. And we have uh, limited edition tech tees. I think I talked about one of those um, way back when, when I was talking to Megan in the beginning of this show and our trucker hats. Um, that's for the Eugene Marathon. We also have those for the Pittsburgh Marathon. And then in addition, we have some new trucker hats and a lifestyle tee that proclaims this is what a runner looks like. And that tee, we are proud to offer that in sizes extra small up to size 4XL. So head over to motherrunnerstore.com and start shopping. Many happy miles to you as you head towards your own finish line.
This podcast is brought to you by Fracture, which I have to admit, gave me a little pause given my accident last year in which I have four ankle fractures. But Fracture is a photo decor company that is out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether. They print your photos directly onto glass and add a laser cut rigid backing. So they're ready to display right out of the box. They even include a wall anchor. Just upload your digital photo at fracture.me and pick your size. It's that simple. And Fracture comes with a 60-day happiness guarantee, so you're sure to love your order. Another final offer. So hold on. Also, Fracture is offering another mother runner a free classic size. Sample code for all you AMR listeners is Mother Runner Podcast. Learn more about how Fracture brings your photos to life at fracture.me. And be sure to mention that you heard about them from another mother runner on their one question survey at the checkout. It really helps support our show. Okay. Okay. And then I need to, if you want, I can redo the whole thing again and then do the, or do you just want me to do the extra tag at the end? Redo the whole thing again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With the new tag or the old tag? Well, the first tag or the second tag? Okay. All right. And the world is not coming to an end. That's the street guys. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by fracture, which I will admit gave me pause given that I fractured my ankle in four places last year, but no, we're not talking that type of fracture. Fracture is a home decor company that is out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether. They print your photos directly onto glass and add a laser cut rigid backing. So they're ready to display right out of the box. They even include a wall anchor. Just upload your digital photo at fracture.me and pick your size. It's that simple. Fracture comes with a 60-day happiness guarantee, so you're sure to love your order. Also, Fracture is offering another mother runner a free classic size. Sample code for you another mother runner listeners is Mother Runner Podcast. For more info and a discount off your first order, visit FractureMe.com slash podcast and click the Another Mother Runner option in their one question survey. It helps support the show. Don't try that one yeah. one more time. There's okay. Okay. Yep. Messy spots. And I'm going to record the it with the first ending and then I'll just record the second ending as by itself. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't in love with the first one. This podcast is brought to you by Fracture, which I will admit gave me pause given that I fractured my ankle in four places last May. But no, Fracture is a photo decor company that is out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether. They print your photos directly onto glass and add a laser cut rigid backing, so they're ready to display right out of the box. They even include a wall anchor. Just upload your digital photo at fracture.me and pick your size. It's that simple. 
Fracture even comes with a 60-day happiness guarantee, so you're sure to love your order. Also, Fracture is offering another mother runner a free classic size. The sample code for you listeners is Mother Runner Podcast. For more info and a discount off your first offer, visit FractureMe.com slash podcast and click the Another Mother Runner option in their one question survey. It really helps support the show. Thanks. Okay. Okay. And then <clears throat> let's see what um see what Kevin had to say this time. Um hold on. This is redoing the stamps. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says, Your show has been included in stamp.com's upcoming ACAS sponsorship flight. Please review the attached stamps.com to see which copy you should record along with your show's promo code. He says he needs it by November fourteenth. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I have no idea right? where that was. Um, okay, so. Oh. Please read the. Another. Um, promo code is AMR, and it's a host read 60 seconds. Okay. I think I can remember that. Um. 60 seconds. Okay, got it. I see what he's saying. Oh, Jesus. Make it be bigger, people. Still this typeface. Okay. Please note, each podcast to enter their assigned promo code when designated in the special offer and call to action sections of the copy. Got it. Understand it. Okay. Um, okay, I'm just going to read it out loud. I'm not recording. Um, getting your mailing shipping done can seem like a no-win situation. Going to the post office, ugh, takes up valuable time. Or leasing a postage meter, it's expensive with multi-year commitments and hidden fees. Luckily, I know a better way. Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk using your own computer and printer. You can even get special postal discounts you can't find at the post office. Plus, Stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You can save at least 50% compared to a postage meter, and you'll avoid those time-consuming trips to the post office, not to mention the lines. Whoa. I really want you to try Stamps.com today. Right now, sign up for Stamps.com and use our promo code AMR for this special offer. A four-week trial plus $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in AMR. That's Stamps.com. Enter AMR. Okay, I thought I did that well. I wish I'd been really recording it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a distant recording. <laughs> right. Um, okay.
are we going to be bothered by these sounds and the fact that the ground is like it's like we live in Oklahoma and it's fracking? I don't. Th- I've been watching the meter when it happens and I don't oh, okay. see like the sound. Oh, good. When I go back and listen. Sometimes it might, but I I don't. Do you want to put it on um some paper so it doesn't get the, the recorder? Yeah. Well, the recorder just... has nothing to do with. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Okay. Microphone. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, just send me a link and I'll buy one, or I'll I'll give you the credit card. And you can buy one. Um, it's gonna cost four thousand. Right, and it's gonna be written out to my landlord. I mean, uh... <laughs> okay. Getting your mailing and shipping done can seem like a no-win situation. Oh, should I say this podcast is brought to you by or no? No, they don't say that. No, doesn't. Okay, never mind. Yeah, don't. I, yeah. I never hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Getting your mail and shipping done can seem like a no-win situation. Going to the post office takes up valuable time, and leasing a postage meter is expensive with multi-year commitments and hidden fees. Luckily, I know a better way. Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can buy and print... Oh, hold on. Nope. I'm starting over again. Okay. Make your stomach stop making that noise. Is that me? <laughs> Don't eat you. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know. I was like... <laughs> Right. All right. Right. Shake, shake it down. Tamp it down. Getting your mailing and shipping done can seem like a no-win situation. Going to the post office takes up valuable time. Leasing and postage meter is expensive with multi-year commitments and hidden fees. Luckily, I know a better way. Stamps.com. With Stamps.com. You buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk using your own computer and printer. You even get special postage dis- Ugh. You even get special postage discounts you can't find at the post office. Plus, Stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You can save at least 50% compared to a postage meter, and you'll avoid those time-consuming trips to the post office, not to mention the lines. Ugh. I really want you to try Stamps.com today. Right now, sign up for Stamps.com and use our promo code AMR for this special offer. A four-week trial plus $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in AMR. That's Stamps.com. Enter AMR. Do you want me to do it one more time? No, no. Okay. Okay. So that was the stamps.com. That was the thing that um that's what Kevin But I mean is that a mid roll? Is it including the stamps.com upcoming sponsorship? I don't know what it means. Okay. So since he said it's needed by he obviously cut and pasted. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any idea what date he means. Okay. I'm gonna forward this to you. Okay. okay. I mean, is that like, yeah, because the last time we did the, you know, an intro, a 30 second and a 60 second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't just this one? He, um, I have definitely looked at, it says, it says to look at this, and here's another Mother Runner. It says which host read to do and what the code is. And so I did, um, this Got is it. the 60 seconds. Got it. Because we have a lot of the, the bullet intro one. Mm-hmm. They got that locked and loaded. Oh, right. Because I listened to a bunch of the shows yesterday, and I was like, I gotta listen to it again. Um, so, 
Uh, and it's not, the sound quality is amazing for that one. Oh, um, oh yeah. He says, uh, update. Thanks for catching the date typo. We need the recording by next Wednesday. Okay. So, um, you're good, but, uh, no, April 13th. Yeah. So do you want me to forward that to you or you can remember? Uh, forward it to me. Yeah. Um, I'd love if you sent it to him sooner, but, um, how about today? Yeah. I, that's my feeling, you know? Um, and, uh, so I'm considering this done, like as uh, from my plate. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Okay. I've, the Wonder Ball is in your plate. Um, okay. So now I'm going to call Dimity back.
sounds really clear and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's just faint. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll, I can even it out a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, Nicole, I'll tell you that we. Oh, Alex, did you have another thing to say? I have an idea. Yes, um, that um, that we're, we're inputting these voice memos from people, and so I just introduce them, but we don't hear them, and um, and we don't have to stay silent for however long the voice memo is. We just are then, you know, I'll be like, oh, and here's another voice memo, and then we um, are silent for a couple seconds, and then we'll just go back to a question. I just didn't want you. It's it's slightly awkward, so I didn't want you um, not knowing what was what, and I already introduced you. Um, so uh, people will know who, um, you know, I'll welcome you, but uh, they already know that, you know, you're a mom of three in central Pennsylvania. That's sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that was the thing I, I, cause Nicole was the first person I chose. Christine, I won't tell, we won't tell people that. And it was like, okay, I need people who like maybe don't have to fly. And so that was why I chose Megan. That's, that's why I told her on the phone as it was basically happening. I called her. I'm like, you know, you got to fly yourself there. Um, so Okay, I think Alex wants me to have um, Nicole try talking. Well, again. I'm sure Nicole. I'm sure you try. If you already tried, if you go into preferences up in Skype and over to audio video. Try, try it in Skype. Go up, go up to where it says Skype up in the corner, uh, preferences, and then go to audio video tab. And there's a little volume um, slider in the middle. See Skype. Um, cl- Go under Skype itself, the um, yeah, Skype, like where it says Skype way up at the top, and then go to audio and video. Hold on, hold on, back it up. Um, see where it just says Skype before it says File, Edit, View, Contacts. Okay, so click on Skype, and then there'll be a drop-down menu. Do you see Preferences is she the second one? Oh. Oh. Well, it might be an edit. Anywhere it says preferences or options should. Yeah, try options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some preferences, options, settings, anything like that. And then, uh... oh, there oh. you go. Alright. Okay. Right, you know what? Let's go for it. I'll, I'll smooth it out and uh, when I edit. Okay. No, no problem. Sorry. <clears throat> okay, so, um, and then if one of us um, misspeaks or something, since it's recorded, we can just, we'll just be silent for a couple seconds and then we'll start back up. So, um, 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 well, I'll do the, I'll welcome her and then you jump into that. Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello, Nicole. Thanks for joining us. You're making this up just to be stereotypical, aren't you?
Wow. Talk about that. That's a very deliberate progression. And that was in that was in Europe. Oh, that's so exotic. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Oh, so Boston's gonna be number eight. All right. Okay. And and any other ones in Europe? Because those just sound like really fancy, you know, and, and posh compared to, you know, <laughs> our American ones. <laughs> Mhm. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Where he qualified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the exotic life of Nicole Hart. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick pause for another voice memo. Okay, Nicole. So you told me you set your sights on qualifying for and running Boston because you wanted to show your young daughter what you could do. So I'd love to hear more about that and why in particular you feel you're proving something for your daughter. You know, why you singled out your daughter, not um, why your other kids. Nice. Well, your answer actually leads perfectly into this voice memo. Okay, and I'll just, this is not part of the podcast, Alex, clap, 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 but um, 
uh, Christine, I swear I'll let you talk at some point. Um, so, <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Cause I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So in full disclosure, I want to, um, admit that Nicole, you and I are both coached by the talented and dear Brianna Bamer and that you were also coached by Brie for your boss, boss and qualifying marathon. Um, which I was as well, um, and that um, I, I like to take a little credit maybe for urging you to to hire Bree and to hire a coach. Um, I felt that, you know, from our friendship and, and um, you know, keeping up with what you're doing, you know, I knew you had good speed and were close to BQing, and I assured you that having a coach would make the crucial difference. So talk to us about what it's like to be coach, because I think some gals listening to the podcast might think a coach is something like other people have, but but not them. Mm-hmm. We we bond over that as well. Mhm. Right, right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Awesome. So here's uh, yet another voice memo. So Nicole, from, from email or our Twitter exchanges or, or texts, it, it sounds to me like you and I have similar approaches to Boston, to run it and enjoy it rather than race it. Um, do you, is that, am I reading you correctly or no? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so funny i gotta say the, ex- the exact same thing i mean i i people I, I forget who i was talking to and they were like oh so you know what are your goals and so I was saying that, and as I'm saying, I'm thinking, well, those are my goals. I'm not sure what Bree's goals for me are. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that in positive attitude. Yeah, I get that. Bree tells me that a lot. You know, like, Sarah, you have such a positive attitude. That's, you know, that makes all the difference. And yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I, I just, I, when I hear you say these things, I, I'm just thinking about the people who are listening, who are thinking the same thing that you, I mean, it's yet another way, Nicole, that you and I are the same, that, you know, we're not athletes as kids, just could never 
believe that we would get to be of, you know, a quote-unquote caliber or have the speed that would be required for Boston. And, you know, now we're both going to be there. And to I just think that there's a lot of people listening who the same thing. They haven't been pushed hard enough or haven't been haven't been given the faith in themselves to 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 really live up to their full potential so um yeah so well and i can't wait to see you in boston and to uh hang out in athletes village with you nicole so thank you so much for joining us yeah awesome 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 thanks that was fantastic nicole yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah right hop on the train yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> right right awesome awesome so um so i will um actually both of you can hang up on me because now i'm just going to go into my drivel drivel about yet another voice memo and <laughs> and um, all that stuff so um so thanks to now we're not recording but thank you sincerely to both of you for doing that i think this is gonna be a great show i'm really excited for this yeah i was i was at first i was kind of like okay i'm gonna do one just for highlands and now i'm like oh this is gonna be an awesome show um oh good 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 all right well i'll see you soon and and christine surprise us at the finish line (laughs) (laughs) we'll give you a kiss as we go by (laughs) bye yeah Yeah, that was great they were like different and i and i hate to say but i've been really wary of that you're cutting this out of nicole because um she can be kind of canadian you know she's a little reserved and i just was like oh my god like she's really speaking to a lot of women who are you know listening to this so that was fantastic so yeah um, just, in, you know, <laughs> you want those Canadian listeners, Sarah, how about that check you got from audible? Just sign it over to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, here's our final voice memo. And like I said, at the onset, that was an epic show. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time for train like a mother club with Dimity. Okay, and to wrap this up, whether you're listening while you're running, cooking dinner, driving to work, folding laundry, whatever it is, once you finish that task up and you get back in front of a computer, be sure to pay a visit to our online store at motherrunnerstore.com to check out all our fun and often functional spring merchandise. We just introduced several new technical running tops, including that short sleeve version of our badass Mother Runner tattoo tee that I talked about in the show, and... Um, uh, it's lighter as it's light as a feather, and it dries super fast. And that tattoo heart graphic is very cool. I've gotten compliments on it, that tee every time I've worn it. And we have an awesome new technical tank top that says "Run Like There's No Tomorrow." It's a very bright, um, hot coral color, so um, really uh, kind of pops as you're out there. And we have uh, limited edition tech tees. I think I talked about one of those um, way back when, when I was talking to Megan in the beginning of this show and our trucker hats. um, That's for the Eugene Marathon. We also have those for the Pittsburgh Marathon. And then in addition, we have some new trucker hats and a lifestyle tee that proclaims, this is what a runner looks like. And that tee, we are proud to offer that in sizes extra small up to size 4XL. So head over to motherrunnerstore.com and start shopping. Many happy miles to you as you head towards your own finish line.
Whoa, lots of podcast recording today. <laughs> <laughs>